Okay. Um, thank you, Bell Choir. Uh, any of you that are still in the service or any of the St. John's folks and, of course, Jill and Lee, the worship leaders there. And thank you so much for that. That was very special on an Easter morning. Does anybody know what this is? Yeah, I might do a little walking camera, guys, so you work with me here. Everybody know what this is? Yeah. No. You only think you know what it is. The, the, this, <laughs> this was the cause of about a $600 furnace pursuit of fixing a problem that didn't exist. So our, our thermostat was going out and it wasn't reading. And it had been on the blink, you know, a couple of weeks. You'd walk up to it and want to adjust the temperature, and there, there was not, no display. And then it would come back on, and I'd thump it, and you know. Then finally, you walk up to it, and it's not coming back. And in fact, it's gone. It's real gone. And so I had an idea, a brilliant idea, Jack. This is my opportunity to go get one of those smart thermostats. And so, I did. In fact, I ordered two different brands to see which one I might like best. And I hooked up the first one, and everything was right, the wiring was correct, everything that you had to have to use a smart thermostat because you have to have certain wiring was right. But then my furnace short-cycled on and off, on and off, and the thermostat itself rebooted constantly. These are like little computers, these smart thermostats, like your phone. Well, I knew that wasn't right, so I called the manufacturer and we talked about it. And they agreed, well, it could be a defective thermostat, but more likely it's the transformer in the... Okay, so I don't want to bore you with that. So we replaced the thermostat and the same thing began to happen. So then I needed to test the transformer to see if we had 120 in and 24 out. All of you know what that means, right? So I, don't shake your head, you have no idea what that means. <laughs> so I went and bought a multimeter. That's, that's how adept I am at handiwork. I don't even have a multimeter. So I went and bought a multimeter so that I could measure the voltage coming into the transformer and going out because that's an issue. You have to have a solid 24 volts going to these new thermostats for them to work. We thought that would be the problem. No, voltage was fine. So I decided, well, I'll put on the other thermostat. All right, the other manufacturers. Same thing happened. Now, during all this, up and down, up and down, into the basement, up, adjust, down in the basement, I just decided to leave the covers off. Now, anyone that has ever serviced a, a furnace, or if you've ever looked at your furnace at home, you know that there's covers protecting the front of it, and then behind the big cover is a blower cover, a cover that protects the blower where the flame is and all that. So I decided to leave those off because it was inconvenient to have to go down and pull them off every time. The thermostat worked perfectly. 
No problems. Furnace was not short cycling. Thermostat stayed online. Everything was great. <laughs> I called the manufacturer. I said, everything works great if I leave the panels off of the, thermos, of the furnace. Can I do that? Oh, well, we're, we're, we're not trained to tell you things like that. We know our thermostats, but, I, you know, I don't want your house to burn down or anything. You need to get with, you, with an HVAC person. So I play racquetball with an HVAC guy. So I asked him, and, of course, he, he gave me some tips and so forth, but he said, don't leave the panels on. Or off, excuse me. So I decided, well, I, I need to put them, put them back on. But what I decided is I'd leave that interior one off, okay, the one that protects the burners and so forth, and I'd put the big cover on. You're shaking your head because you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, and so I wanted to just test through a process of elimination at what point is my, thermo, my uh, furnace staying on and not giving me a problem. All of a sudden, the thermos, thermostat goes completely dead. The fan's blowing, but there's no heat and it's getting cold, and it's headed into the evening on one of our coldest evenings this week. <laughs> so I go down there and I pull that interior, I pull out the offside and then uh, outside one, and I look inside where the burner is, and there's a wire that goes to a switch, it's an igniter that, that turns the heat on or that fires the burners, and that thing is just melted. I mean, it's laying there, just melted. <laughs> so I thought, that can't be good. I said, now at this point, I can, change, I can change a filter, and I can put a thermostat on the wall, and I've gone about as far as I'm going to go. I'm calling a professional. All right, so this is Saturday morning now. We've just weathered a Friday evening, cold temperatures, got up in the morning. The house was like 60, 62. I don't know in your world, but that's really burr cold in our world. So I jump on next door, right? Everybody knows what next door is. And, and, and I typed, just had a burr of an evening. Our furnace is out. Burr. Kid, does anybody have a recommendation for a furnace you know, guy, an HVAC guy? So... Oh, I get all kinds of responses. So I call a couple of them, and one responded quite quickly and talked to me, and, well, how much will it cost for you to come out? Oh, because <laughs> this is Saturday. They don't, yeah, yeah. And I said, and then we talked, and he talked, and, and I described the scenario, and he said, well, you're not getting enough airflow, and the reason that it stayed on and worked when you pulled the covers off is because there was less resistance and there was airflow. So it had nothing to do with the transformer. He, uh, and he said, but I can come out for it, and he gave me all kinds of great information. I said, you know what, I'm in the computer business. I understand that information is, and time is your money. And so I said, you've given me all kinds of great information. I pay, people pay me for that kind of information in the IT world, in the computer world. And so, you bet, you come on out and I'll, I'll take care of your bill. So he comes out and he gets down there. And uh, I, had, I had cut the wire that was all charred and replaced it and did a great job with it, put a new tip on it, and, and it was back on and it was working, but the furnace was still dead and all that. So he gets down there and he starts playing around, and then he finds that it is the igniter, that it blew out when that wire shorted, 
it shorted the igniter. So he replaced the igniter. Furnace comes right on. And then he starts talking to me about the real problem. He says, you're lucky you didn't burn your house down. He says, because when you leave that internal panel off, not the big outside one, but the one that covers the blowers, he said the reason that wire was all fried was because that burner back blew the other direction into your house, into the closet, into whatever. And that's what charred that wire. He said that's why that happened. He said, now, the whole issue, though, is resistance. He said, what kind of filters do you use? I said, 3M, filter it. I mean, these are the bomb. <laughs> he said, not all filters work. I don't care what their brand is. Some of them create too much resistance for the airflow for your furnace, and it won't work. I said, well, what kind work if not 3M doesn't work? He said, well, it's not that all 3Ms don't work, but the one you bought for this furnace and your furnace, it just won't work. So he took the filter out, turned everything on, and it ran, and it ran, and it ran. He tested it. 15 minutes, it didn't shut off. The thermostat never rebooted. Everything was great. He said, you need a different filter. And he handed me the invoice. <laughs> now, it was not just the original come out and diagnose. That was 175. It was replacing the, the igniter and cleaning off some other parts and his time on a Saturday. So coupled with the cost of my fancy new smart thermostat, and my time troubleshooting it over the past 10 days, and paying him. <laughs> What'd you tell me this is again? Filter. No, you're looking at about $1,000 of dumb. <laughs> about $1,000 of ignorant. And it all had to do with the filter that was being used to process the air. I submit to you that you have spiritual filters like that. And you process the things that you hear about the Bible and that you believe about God and Jesus through a filter. And most of us are spending a lot of energy trying to correct problems that if we had the right filter, we'd learn already taken care of. No problem. You see, to embrace and be transformed by the resurrection, we must first understand the cross. What happened on the cross was a sovereign act of God's love. We call it the cruciform love of God. It, it defines God's very nature, the self-giving, self-sacrificial, always giving, laying his life down. The song, one of the last song that we sang, talked about in humble adoration we would bow. Did you know Jesus bowed to you? Jesus in humble adoration of you came and bowed. 
Paul wrote in Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this way, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now, God wasn't saying, okay, I love you so much I'm going to send somebody else to clean up the mess. No, God got involved in our mess. The Father came himself. We're talking about triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They weren't in separate places when the cross took place, when crucifixion took place. They were all together, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. They weren't separate. God died on a cross. And you know what? It's a complete reversal I mean, God does a 180 on our thinking, all right? Here we are. I need to keep this close because God does a 180 on what you would think would work, all right? Watch this. Some of you are about to burn your house down. Some of you have burnt your house down spiritually, and you gave up on Jesus. You've been mad at God, gave up on Jesus, don't go to church anymore. Some of you listening to me in the live stream. That's the spiritual condition. And I'm telling you, it's because of the wrong spiritual filter. Watch this. The, quote, Jesus died for our sins. Right? Everybody's heard that. Easter, resurrection, Jesus goes to the grave, rises again on the third day. Jesus died for our sins, right? Isn't a reference to a bloody sacrifice to satisfy an angry God. It's part of the entire biblical narrative shaped by the Old Testament, Exodus, ex Israel being exiled, but God brings them back. And then the Messiah, Messiah comes to take all of it upon himself and start a new creation. We talked about that last week. You know what? Instead of the Father pouring out his wrath upon the Son, the cross is the Son with the Father and the Holy Spirit entering into our darkness with us. It's our wrath being poured out on Jesus, not the Father's. God's not mad at you. God's not holding you out to dry until you become a more obedient kid. Sin is a failure rather than the breaking of rules. I'm going to let that stay up there a minute. Sin is a failure rather than the breaking of rules. Our sin is what gave darkness its grip. And so Jesus dying, quote, for our sin was not to appease an angry God. Rather, it was to loosen the grip that sin had. If I had just known... That the, and, and we've lived in this house now almost eight years without any furnace troubles. And I've been buying replacement filters a long time. And then I switched brands. And bought them from Costco. <laughs> I remember calling my wife. What size is the furnace, you know? 
And all of a sudden, we start having furnace problems, and our old thermostat starts going on the blink. I was told on Saturday by our HVAC guy, it would have never gone on the blink. In fact, it probably was nothing wrong with it. <laughs> it was experiencing what you've been experiencing with your smart thermostat. Isn't that interesting? This is a thousand dollars of dumb. But I didn't know. I'm not an HVAC guy. I do computers. They didn't teach me anything about HVAC. How about you? Would you have known? You're looking at me with that smirk. Would you have known? <laughs> yeah, my son-in-law over here has been grinning and bumping my daughter. Listen to this. Here, here's what Paul says about this grip of sin and the angry father uh, filter that we've got on our hearing of, of the Bible. For what the law, Romans chapter 8, verse 3 and 4, for what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did. How? Sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin, he condemned, not you, he condemned sin in his flesh. Jesus' sacrifice on the cross was not to pay for your sin. It was to condemn sin. It was to take the grip of sin on you and rip it off. God actually gave the law to lure sin into the place where it could be condemned. Israel's substitute, Jesus comes. Passover happens. And did you know, Passover has never been about the forgiveness of sins. Passover has never been about the forgiveness of sins. Why? Because Egyptian enslavement wasn't the result of Israel's sin. They were enslaved, and sin took opportunity and gripped their lives. But Jesus, through a type and shadow, brought them out, right? Moses brought them out, the great exodus. He brought them out. And what did he provide? Blood on the doorposts and the lintel, right? Not because God was angry at them, but because he was destroying the grip of sin. Victory over sin's power, which is the new exodus, is accomplished through God's mercy, wiping out sin's condemnation or judgment. Paul states it this way, Galatians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, who gave himself for our sins, watch this, look at the word, to rescue us from the present evil age, not to pay the penalty, not to be a substitutionary sacrifice. We have hymns. He paid a debt he did not owe, a price I couldn't pay. 
It really was in our song that we sang this morning. And I don't poo-poo our song. I'm just saying we have to be careful about the filters that we're erecting that cause us to believe a certain way about God and about the scriptures. The song we sang is he shall take me home. Really? Is that, is that the goal? Is that the goal of the crucifixion? To take us home? The mere translation of this verse, Jesus gave himself as a scapegoat for our sins and plucked us out from evil, the evil of this present religious age that encroached upon us. This was exactly what the Father had planned in his love for mankind. I said it last week. Jesus was not plan B. Bump somebody and tell them, Jesus wasn't plan B. Go ahead. Jesus was not plan B. Oops, Adam sinned. Oops, Adam made a mistake and blew it. Oops, we better provide a sacrifice because now I'm really pissed. And so goes, so goes the conversation that we've heard in evangelical teaching for so many years. N.T. Wright said this, And I quote, the most important narrative of the four Gospels is that the crucifixion is the moment of and the means by which Creator God wins the victory over the forces of evil. Something happened that changed the cosmic powers of the entire universe and earth on resurrection. Death and resurrection. So, What is so important about the resurrection? Through the resurrection, we are awakened to the mediation, the intervention, the settlement of Christ. A minister known by the name of Payne said this, all creation without exception in Jesus and the entire human race. Now, I didn't make a mistake there. Listen. All creation, without exception, in Jesus and the entire human race. You see, Jesus was a lamb slain before the foundation of the world, the Bible says. Jesus wasn't plan B. God has always wanted to have fellowship with all of humankind. But then sin got its grip, changed our mindset of who we are and who he created us to be. The law came in to drive sin to the place where it could ultimately be condemned, not paid for, not to appease an angry God, but condemned on that cross and victory over it through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Oh, I don't know, but here's the big one. Here's the filter. Here's the $1,000 spiritual filter right here. Watch this. Heaven isn't a place in the cosmos out there that one day will be that ultimate destination of those who have believed the right way here on earth. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying there is no heaven, that there is nothing beyond earth. But heaven isn't just a place in the cosmos, somewhere out there that maybe someday, if you believe the right way, you'll go. Again, I say to you, 
all creation without exception in Jesus. You are in Jesus. Heaven is about discovering Jesus himself. Heaven is about discovering God. Heaven is about discovering that you are in him, he is in you, and together all of you are in Jesus Christ. It's our exodus finished. It's our declaration of redemption from exile. Jesus Christ died and he rose again, releasing the grip of sin and every compromise that tells you that you're not who God made you to be. It's ripped off. And now our Christian life becomes one of pursuing the unveiling, the uncovering of who God made you to be. Who he made you to be in your vocation, who he made you to marry, who he made you to serve, how to serve, your gifts, your talents. Paul said in Romans chapter 4 and verse 25, our sins resulted in his death His resurrection is proof of our righteousness. Here is the equation. He was handed over because of our short failings. Not for. That would be a sacrifice. That would be a substitution. He was handed over because of our short failings. Our fallen mindset. He was raised because we were declared righteous. He was not raised so that we could be made righteous or be justified. He was raised because we were already declared righteous in what Jesus did. His resurrection is the official receipt to our acquittal. That happens to be one of the most important statements in all of the Bible that he died because of our sin. He was raised because of our righteousness. Here's the equation. I'll put it up for you. His cross, our sins. His resurrection, our innocence. That's what you're declaring on Easter. I'm innocent. God loves me. I'm one with him. PJ, affectionate. Jeff, (laughs) why don't you talk more about our guilt? Why don't you ever preach on sin and holiness? I'll reply to you with something that Baxter Kruger said. Here you go. It'll be on the screen. If mankind is still guilty after Jesus died, then his resurrection is irrelevant. Stop and think about it. If there is something you still need to do, watch me. I want to change your filter. This should only cost you about eight bucks. But I'm telling you what, it'll make a thousand dollars difference in your spiritual walk if you will listen to this last point, okay? If you are doing anything in order to please God, to get Him somehow to bless you. If there's anything, any regiment, any routine, any going to church on Easter, anything that causes you to feel better, closer to God, feel like, well, I, I did my, all right, I paid my, 
I met the obligation of, you've missed. You're running it through the wrong filter. That is not why Christ came. God is not angry with you. And there's nothing you can ever do that will make a difference. Baxter Kruger said it this way. It is to be emphasized that Jesus Christ did not change God's mind. And neither does your faith. God did what he did because he loves you. He's crazy about you. And he has loosed the grip of the chains of sin. He's led you out in a new exodus. Sin has been canceled. Death and Hades, he stole the keys. He took the keys, the Bible says in the New Testament. He took the keys from them. We're going to be baptizing Pamela Ummel this morning. But Pammy, I have something for you. Uh, I want you to watch it. Come sit next to Nina here. She's clearing a place for you. Let's be sure we can hear this well. Go ahead. I heard a story from the Bible When I was just a little girl About a broken hearted woman Who met the Savior of the world Thought it was just another story One that the preacher man would read I'm sitting here at home Drinking red wine all alone I think that woman might be me Cause tonight I feel just like The woman at the well Wondering how someone could love me When I can't love myself like a drink of water if you can spare it. Amazing what a parched throat will do. Aren't I unclean to you? Won't you be defiled by this vessel? Maybe some of my people say that about your women, but I don't. Yeah? And what do you say? I say if you knew who I am, you'd be asking me for a drink. Really? And I would give you living water. Staring at that empty bottle I swear I caught a glimpse of him He met me right there at the bottom And turned that wine to living water And taught me how to
I've made mistakes. Too many. Where am I supposed to go when I need God? God is spirit. And the time is coming and is now here. That it won't matter where you worship, but only that you do it in spirit and truth. Heart and mind, that, that is the kind of worshiper he's looking for. It won't matter where you're from or what you've done. It's no longer just a story when I read it. Cause I've seen it for myself and I believe it. I have not revealed myself to the public as the Messiah. You are the first. It would be good if you believed me. Cause tonight I feel just like a woman at the world. I'm going to tell everyone. of Jesus there. But he has those this morning when he looks at any of us who are struggling to believe that he really loves you. That there's something else you need to do. That he's angry with you or any of that old stuff. I adjure you. I, I, I just, I plead with you. Get rid of those old filters. Quit spending your spiritual dollars on such waste and let's accept what Jesus did and what the resurrection really means because he's embraced every one of you no matter what your failure no matter what's going on and Pammy this morning nothing like baptism declares to the world I believe that that's what you're saying this morning I believe that and resurrection is the sign certificate. I'm whole. I'm in him. Come. And if you would, face everybody there. Now, this is my first time baptizing without a tank. <laughs> I've always put them down in. So I think I've baptized a few of you. I was tempted to hold you down there a little while. <laughs> so we don't have a tank today so we're, we're going to do something in between sprinkling and immersion but I'm going to get you wet <laughs> alright dear you take that Pam understanding that God came and died Man, is there any greater truth than that? You didn't say, Jesus, go take care of this mess. God so loved us 
that he died on a cross. And you're one with him now. And nothing you've done, nothing you're doing, nothing you will do ever in the future will change God's mind about how much he loves you and who you are to him. So as you now put up a new filter, if you needed it, then I now baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You are his, all right? And this water symbolizes that we're going down and letting go of that grip. We're just, we're reckoning in our mind. That grip no longer has any place in my life. And as we come up out of the water, we're declaring, done. I'm free. Exodus. I'm free. Oh, shoot. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Father, I thank you for this, this wonderful woman who I've come to love so much. Her vigor, her excitement, her joy, her continuous smile. She's always upbeat, always got a great word, and yet she serves so deeply, gives so much in so many different ways. Now, Lord, I, I pray that in the weeks and the months and the years to come, things in her will just explode spiritually and that she will come to know you in an even deeper way, that oneness with the Lord Jesus Christ true resurrection and then out of that I pray that you will bring her into life of, of, of individuals with whom she can come alongside and raise the water level of the activity of the Holy Spirit I bless you Pam Ummel in the name of Jesus Christ Amen, Amen. Amen. <laughs> Thank you